The date is August 13th. It's a Saturday. The year is 2016. The place is Cuba. The event? Fidel Castro's 90th birthday celebration. And the reason is to honor this man who was Cuba's president for 50 years. Important information for our story is that Cuba has a communist regime. Our main character is Maricela. She's 36. She is in the outskirts of a town called Santa Clara. In the background, Cuba's national anthem plays. Maricela's having a mini nervous breakdown. She's sitting on a blanket under a tree covered with pink flowers. Maricela's waiting. She's waiting for a stranger who wants to give her something, bring her something, a stranger called Lynette. With Maricela, the people in the surrounding streets are also waiting for Lynette. They're waiting and watching and wondering and whispering and wishing for this event to happen. And uh, Maricela? Oh, she wants to vanish, so why doesn't she? Well, there's nowhere to hide in Cuba. Everybody knows everything all the time. Our story starts at 6.30 on that Saturday morning when Lynette gets into a bus with two massive suitcases. She tells everybody why she's going. She's going to see Marcela Hernández García in Santa Clara. All the other tourists, 20 Canadians, they are going sightseeing, but not Lynette. Maricela knows everything and way too much 17 minutes after that bus leaves. The gossip dam wall breaks the moment that bus leaves, and streams of information rushes towards Santa Clara via phone, texts, and from neighbor to neighbor, as rivers of truths and lies and rumors and fantasies and speculations, all with a bad ending for Maricela, reaches the tiny town. Four hours later, Lynette gets off the bus. All the other tourists, they go to Che Guevara's museum, as they should and as all tourists do. But not Lynette. She takes one of those black suitcases and walks towards the street where Maricela lives. Maricela made a fantastic decision to sit under the tree in the open where all the neighbors could see her, where all the neighbors would hear what was being said. Lynette gets to the street corner. Butterflies and bats flutter in Maricela's stomach. Closer and closer, she watches the woman. All the neighbors watch the woman. She's beautifully dressed, mid-fifties, maybe a bit older. From the very far street corner, she starts shouting, Maricela! Maricela! And she waves. Maricela stands up, waves, flops down again because her legs are wobbly. Hola, hola, Lynette says when she reaches the tree. Mi nombre es Lynette. Tu, tu es Maricelo? Maricela? Tu es Maricela? Maricela nods. 
perfecto, Lynette says, and she claps her hands. Yo necesito dar algo para ti en mi maleta, Marasala frowns. The woman wants to give her something in the black bag. She says nothing, stares. Lynette tries again. Es a regalo, regalo, gift, de Canada. Wait, Maricela says, I do speak English. Lynette laughs. Oh, English, that's wonderful, marvelous news. My Spanish is just absolutely terrible. By then, she sits right next to Maricela on the blanket. The massive suitcase sits in the middle of the street, upright, for everybody to see. Maricela says, Why are you here? Are you lost? Oh, no, no, I've come to see you, Lynette says. You are Maricela Hernandez Garcia, your mother's Teresa. Yes, I am, Maricela says. Why have you come to see me? Lynette babbles in rapid English, explaining that she brought the suitcase all the way from Canada to gift to Maricela. Stop, Maricela says. She stands, steps away. Lynette, I do not know who you are. I do not know why you're here. I do not know why you know everything about me. You've traveled for four hours to see me. Now you want to give me things. I do not know why. Tell me why you are here. Start from the beginning. Marisala, sorry, I did it wrong. I'm just so excited to be here. I've waited for years. Lynette smiles and she begs. I, I, am." Um, Several curtains in the narrow street moves. Three neighbors now stand outside their doorways. Simply summarized, everybody's watching. This entire conversation was in English, which was terrible. In Spanish, the neighbors would have understood. Now, it was a disaster. Marisala, Lynette begs, please sit. I know that everybody's watching. I know about the CDR the Committee for the Defense of Revolution. Maricela waits for a little bit and then sits down slowly. She looks at Lynette. Lynette's eyes carry a weight of something sad, maybe a tragedy, a deep hurt. Silence sits between them for a little bit. They look at each other. Let me start from the beginning, Lynette says. Wait, before you start, Maricela says, I want to ask you something. Every minute that you stay makes things harder for me. Would you please take that maleta and leave? Go to Che Guevara's museum, buy his t-shirt, buy a communist cap, buy a flag, get photos of old Cuban cars, go visit Havana, take photos, go tan on a beach, go home to Canada. No, Lynette says, and she shoves a piece of paper into Maricela's hand. Read this before I leave. The letter is typed, written in perfect Spanish. It said, My name is Lynette Deval. The content of this suitcase is a gift to the town of Santa Clara. Find attached a full inventory of all the items. The reason for this donation is as follows. I was born in South Africa. I immigrated to Canada 15 years ago with my husband and two children. My entire family still lives in South Africa. A Cuban doctor who works in a hospital there 
saved my mother's life two years ago by doing emergency surgery after a car accident. This is my way of saying thank you. And I will be back next year with another bag. People in town may please request items that they might need. Lynette looks up. I was in Cuba last year, Marcella, with a tiny bag for the same reason, to thank that doctor. But nobody would take the gift. I then carefully placed these items in various places. I left it in the back of a taxi under a park bench in the hotel just on the street. Lynette was baffled by the fact that nobody wanted to accept her gift. She went home. And then she did some research on Cuba's CDR and came back this year to do it better. Maricela tilts her head. So, Lynette, tell me, what do you know about Cuba and our neighborhood watch? Lynette had done her homework well. She says, It started in 1960. A bomb went off on the steps of the presidential palace, and Castro got very, very angry, so he formed the CDR. And he said that revolution would never, ever happen again. And there's a logo. In Carabario, revolución. In every neighborhood, revolution. Fidel Castro said that everybody would know everything about everybody on their block. Block leaders would know where everybody goes, what they believe in, what they do, where they meet, what activities they partake in, and report family and work history, they would report on all gatherings, and they would report on packages being received. Lynette, Maricela says, you knew all of this, that they would report this maleta, yet you chose me to fulfill your sentimental dream of saying thank you to a doctor? Why me? This has already changed my life. You know nothing about communism. You don't understand the complexities of this event, the grave danger that you've put me in. No, Lynette says. And of all things, she starts crying. Lo siento, I'm sorry. She says, but I, I too come from a very complex country. Maybe I do understand some of these complexities better than you think. This bag will bring great happiness. Por favor, Marcelo, please trust me. I specifically picked this space where all your neighbor watchdogs could see so that I could keep you safe and I let everybody know that I was looking for you. Please open the bag, would you? Lynette pulls out a stack of papers from a side pocket and she shoves it into Maricela's hand. It reads, Inventory, printed in Spanish. Maricela reads, Two teddy bears, one pink, one blue, reading glasses, 20 pairs, silk scarves, 40, to be used as clothing, tablecloths or curtains, hearing aids, 20 pairs, magnifying glasses, 15, scissors, 40 expensive, made in Germany, kitchen knives, made in Germany, the best small ones, all new, jewellery, solar lights and flashlights, scented soaps, Seeds, 20 types of flowers, 20 types of vegetables, Ziploc bags, 100 small, 100 big, fabric, needles, yarn, pin, 
tools, measuring tapes, pens, paper, rulers, notebook, paper clips, strong glue, elastic bands, screwdrivers, hammers. Marasala looks up. The man behind me, our block leader. I'll give this to him. But please don't open the bag now. I want Alejandro to be with me when we do this. Thank you for writing a letter in Spanish to explain why you're giving this to us and for the full inventory. But please, could you go now? I'm so sorry, Lynette says again, and her eyes weep without tears. Lo siento again for changing your life, Maricelo, for interfering and for meddling and for falling onto you like this. Stop, Maricelo says. You are lying about something. There is something that you are not telling me. There are advantages of being a communist, Lynette. I rely on instinct. This printed story will be what the town will read. But now tell me the truth, because your eyes, they say something different than your mouth. Lynette's damn wall breaks, and streams of information rushes to Maricela faster than rumors or gossip. It comes as truth comes, when finally released, when finally set free. It runs. My husband Leon, Lynette says, was with your father Alberto when he died in Angola. What? Maricela says, wait. Angola? My father? Start from the beginning. Yes, Lynette says. Thirty years ago, my husband Leon was with your father Alberto in Angola when he died. And this is the true story Maricela eventually tells the people in town. Lynette's husband was a South African doctor. He had to go to war in Angola, forced by the South African government. He found Alberto in Angola, bleeding to death, after a landmine explosion. He tried to save his life for one long day. He failed. As he lay dying, Alberto told Leon about Marcella and his wife, Teresa. He talked about Cuba, about his love for his wife and child, about his love for his country. He made Leon write down the names, Teresa and Marcella. Alberto begged Leon to let his family know about his death, that it was a peaceful one. Lynette stopped for a minute. Alberto gave Leon this. She takes out a piece of metal, holds it in her hand. It's a copper bullet shell, flattened, with two names on it, banged into the hard metal by force. Teresa Maricela, on a bullet shell. Lynette says, I've come to give you this, really. Leon died two years ago, so I came. Lynette looks away. She's still lying about something. She's hiding something. Maricela says, So two questions, Lynette. Why the story of the Cuban doctor? It's true, Lynette says, and she looks down. So the second question, Maricela says, Why did Leon not do this with you years ago? Or mail it or write us a letter? Lynette looks away, and then she says, my husband never got over that war. He just could not come to Cuba. 
after Angola and that horrid, heinous war, he changed. During that war, Cubans became the enemy. He could not keep that promise to Alberto. So you came, Maricela says. Why? This time, Lynette looks straight at Maricela. The Cuban doctor story. Well, when he saved my mother's life, this story came full circle when the Cuban saved my mother while Leon could not save his Cuban enemy's life. Did he try, Maricela says. Oh, yes. Lynette says, for the rest of his life. You see, this happened on day three in his Angolan war. Alberto happened during the time of Leon's innocence. Alberto became a friend for that long, long day. Lynette gives Maricela the copper bullet with her name on it. I must leave, she says. I'm tired. I did not come to tell you the story, only to give you the bag. Stop, Maricela says. Why did you not want to tell the story? Lynette says, You're young, Maricela. I'm South African. An enemy of Cubans. A horrible war divided us. The Cuban doctor's story is just easier. Lynette gets up. Keep the pink teddy bear, Maricela. It's yours. It contains an enormous amount of cash in Cuban pesos. Not the cook, the tourist money, real Cuban pesos. Hide the money. Spend it slowly. Lynette turns to leave. Wait, Maricela says. There is still something that you're not telling me. She walks to where Lynette stands. Stop lying. Lynette says. That Cuban doctor saved my mother's life, but he was brutally murdered by South Africans who stole his car and his phone on his way to see my mother again. So this is to say I'm sorry for senseless wars and for senseless deaths and to say thank you for bravery. Lynette looks much older. I'm leaving now. Wait, Maricela says, the other bag, is that for the Cuban doctor's family? Yes, Lynette says. I'm on my way there now. Could I come? Maricela said. Could I come with you? Because, Lynette, there is something that I'm very certain of. You are not coming back next year, are you? No, Lynette says. But please don't tell the people, because then they will fight for the things in that maleta, because it will be a final gift. If they think that more will come in a year, it will be better. On that 13th day of August, a Saturday in 2016, Maricela travels with Lynette to the town of Trinidad to meet the family of the Cuban doctor, where they gift the bag. Much, much later, Maricela tells two stories to the people of her town. In story one, the Cuban doctor does not die. In story two, Alberto dies a hero trying to save Leon's life. Maricela never, ever, ever tells anybody about the content of the pink teddy bear. Because in Cuba there are truths and lies and secrets. Secrets. Because there is another secret. Lynette finally tells Maricela on that bus back from Trinidad 
Her real name was not Lynette. She never married. There was no husband, Leon. She, Leonora. She was the doctor that sat with Alberto for one long day while he died. He gave her Maricela and Teresa's name on a bullet. As a soldier in that Angolan war, she started hating Cuban soldiers. For death and for fear, casualties of war. This Maletta was a sorry, but she came specifically on that day, on the 13th of August, on Fidel Castro's 90th birthday, because she hated this man more than anything. The two black bags were to say sorry for being the enemy. But Maricelo's Maleta finally became a thank you. A thank you on that day of the 13th of August in 2016, because her hatred died when she finally confessed and told the entire truth. Exactly one year later, a massive Maleta arrived in Santa Clara. It contained all the things the people had asked for. Everybody assumed that it came from Lynette. Maricela knew the truth. This bag came from a young girl called Jenny. She sat behind Maricela and Leonora on their way to Trinidad, and she understood every word that they said. Jenny was not greedy, and she wanted in on this beautiful story about a Cuban and a South African. So she agreed that she would blog and tell the story of both women, but Jenny would never use their real names, and she would change the truth just a little bit. Jenny was an ambitious journalist. From now on, Jenny would fund the Maleta, and she would make Leonora's dream come true, to join Doctors Without Borders. For four years, Leonora worked in Ethiopia, in Colombia, in Burma, in Syria, in refugee camps, where she tried to lessen the pain of death and dying in war. In the year 2020, Leonora had to return to Canada. There was a pandemic on Earth, COVID-19. All travel stopped. She immediately resumed her job at one of the universities in Vancouver as an infectious disease specialist. Leonora was part of the team who finally discovered a vaccine against COVID-19. Maricela knew. She called the people of her town and told them the entire true story of the Cuban doctor who really died, of Alberto who did not die a hero, of the fact that there was no Leon, only a Leonora who hated Fidel Castro. She told the story of Leonora before the media could. Leonora had written a speech that she would deliver when receiving this award for being one of the breakthrough doctors in the fight against COVID-19. But before she delivered the speech, she sent the entire letter to Maricela in Spanish so that they would have time to translate it and tell the people. On the day when Dr. 
Leonora Galdnes got her award. The entire town of Santa Clara stood on guard because this is what Leonora said about them. There are so many people to thank on this journey of my life until this day where we finally found a cure for COVID. The first person I want to thank is Maricela Hernandez Garcia in Cuba and her father, Alberto. I met him in Angola. I want to thank the Cuban doctor Juan, who saved my mother's life in South Africa. But more than anything, I want to thank the people of the town Santa Clara in Cuba, for it was there under a tree that I finally let my hatred go, where I finally spilled out all my sorrows. For years and years now, Maricela and the people of her town, they've known everything about me, and they have kept this a secret. They know who I am and what I believe in. They know who I meet and what activities I partake in. They report to one another about my family and about my work history in Syria or Ethiopia or Colombia. They know about my gatherings, and they report about the packages that I receive. Because they knew everything about me, I felt safe. Because I knew that they would keep my secret, and this gave me the courage to work endlessly to find a cure for this pandemic. So with this, before I do all my other thank yous, again, a sincere thank you to Maricela and to the people of Santa Clara in Cuba. Dr. Leonora made this speech on the 13th day of August in the year 2011. And did the people in Santa Clara know about her? Did they really know everything for many, many years? Of course they did. There are no secrets in Cuba. No place to hide. In cada barrio, revolución. In every neighborhood, a revolution. This tiny revolution was for Maricela and Leonora.